This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to the Freelance Friday podcast and happy Friday to you all. Today's episode is going to be an interview with uh, one of my freelancer friends, I guess you could say, from Twitter. His name is Terry Schilling, and he is a copywriter based out of Chicago. We connected on Twitter a while ago, and I've really enjoyed following him just for like freelancing tips and advice, and I knew that he would be a great person to come on the show. He actually recently went full-time with his business, uh, and... I know a lot of you guys give me questions about what that transition period is like, so I thought that he would be a great expert to have on. So anyway, I hope that you guys enjoy today's show. I won't ramble too long in the beginning here. Just make sure to open up the show notes as always. Check out Terry's website and his social channels. Connect with him. Say hello. And I hope you enjoyed the episode. Welcome to the Freelance Friday podcast. My name is Latasha James, and I'm your host. This podcast is a deep dive into the challenging, exciting, and oh-so-rewarding world of freelancing. From tips and advice to interviews with the people who are doing it right, this show is for anyone looking to get their hands a little bit dirty and make monetizing their passion a reality. Let's get started. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Freelance Friday podcast. Today I am joined by Terry Schilling, a copywriter based out of Chicago. In his own words, Terry writes words that get consumers to take action. He's got over a decade of experience under his belt, and I can't wait to hear what insight he has for us today. So welcome to the show, Terry. Yeah, Latasha, thank you so much. I'm uh, very happy to be on the podcast today. Yes, thank you for joining. We were just talking about how we're both um, surviving the polar vortex of 2019 Mm -hmm. and Detroit and Chicago, and what better way to do it than to to have a chat? Yeah, Yeah, what a week to stay inside, get some work done, and end the week on a high note, especially yeah. talking to you and being on this podcast for sure. Yeah, cool. Well, thanks for thanks for coming on. So I know that yeah, I no kind of only scratched the surface in that intro with yeah. everything that you do. So do you want to tell us a little bit more about who you are and how you got started as a freelance copywriter? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so for me, I went to school initially in Indiana to be a broadcast journalist. I was always a big sports fan growing up. Very creative person wrote, you know, a lot of my own stories. I just want to continue that by talking about sports, uh, but graduated in 2008, in the winter of 2008, uh, so the job market wasn't the best at that time. Uh, so just did some freelance work at a local news station and just continued to pivot in different directions. Did event marketing uh, for, a, for a company that has a racetrack here uh, outside of Chicago, owned by Churchill Downs, which has the big one in Kentucky. Um, then pivoted to working at an agency where I was a copywriter. I had a good friend who owned one, uh, was the president there, and hired me on as a junior copywriter. And then I worked on, you know, right away was working on campaigns for, you know, the Home Depot, Citibank, Best Buy. Just kind of got my feet wet there. And that kind of led me to start a side hustle as well. I just continued to build a portfolio and 
you know, helped other friends and families and other companies uh, that might be looking for some freelance copywriting help. And you know, recently, uh, this past spring, spring of 2018, kind of took the leap and started my own business as I feel I had some clients who I could get, yeah, continue to get work from. And yeah, here I am right now. That's so exciting. So you are still kind of in the new stages of being full-time yeah, freelance, right? To be honest, absolutely. I built the side hustle, you yeah. know, for three years and you know, took the full dive into freelance and yeah. haven't looked back since. That's awesome. So yeah. how long were you working at the agency before you um, started freelancing? Yeah. Yeah, I was working there for almost five years. Okay, cool. Cool. Agency life, I feel like I've actually never worked at an agency, but I feel like you get some of the best experience because you just are always so busy, it seems like. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's interesting because I feel that you wear a lot of hats too. Like for me, we only had eight people in the office. So we had, I worked a lot with, you know, hand in hand with graphic designers and I was in all these client meetings and, you know, brand strategy sessions and, you know, reading over all these brand guidelines of these huge companies. So and I even did a little bit of graphic design work. Again, went to meetings, virtual meetings, so you kind of get to see it all. That's awesome. So I'll be honest with you, and I'm yeah. I, I'm always just putting myself on blast on this podcast um, because I'm sure a lot of people have the same questions, but I'm a little bit ignorant about what exactly a copywriter does. So can you break it down yeah. for us and give me some, yeah. you know, some some details on like what your clients can get from you in terms of services or packages yeah yeah it's a great question i actually had this conversation with uh by coincidentally an uber driver the other day (laughs) he was like oh what do you do and i was like oh i'm a freelance copywriter he's like oh what exactly (laughs) does a freelance copywriter do and it's it's interesting there's a lot of answers that i can give and you kind of touched on it in the beginning in your intro about how i write words that influence customers to take action. And so a lot of what I do specifically work with is customers who are building their websites. These do entrepreneurs or creative businesses. I help them write website copy. So a lot of the messaging that you see from the homepage, you know, the top of the fold that goes down can help them write as well email marketing campaigns. It's really just that copy, those words that are going to persuade people to take to the desired action uh, that you want. You know, there's a lot of the sales funnels and click funnels that you see that a lot of people are building courses around. Of course, they need copy. They need people or they need words, you know, for the people to click and entice them to see how this helps them solve a problem that they're looking for. Uh, so to me, it's ultimately what it is, is just writing these words that are going to get people to take a desired action for a company, mm-hmm. for their offer, for their product or service. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like copywriting is so important and it's one of those things that I think similar to my field of social media, I think sometimes some people put it off or avoid paying for it because they're like, I know how to write an email. I write emails every day. Um, Same thing with social posts. And so, you know, I believe that it's really important to let experts be experts. Um, I know that I'm not the best copywriter, so I'm really glad that I'm talking to, to you today. But how do you communicate that with prospective clients that maybe don't see the value in hiring a freelancer or, or might be a little bit scared off by the cost of investing in an expert yeah. like yourself. Absolutely. I think the big thing for them might be some of the uh, sticker shock, if you will, when mm-hmm. they realize, oh, I'm going to pay you this much to write my whole website copy. Um, but 
I, I try to nail the pain points for them. So think about it. Like, are, how many hours have you spent trying to write things yourself? I've heard some business owners say that they've spent almost over 100 hours trying to write their website copy and then write things for their sales pages mm-hmm. as well for separate offers. So there's a, there's a time value where I can help save you time. And then also I will do this other research that you may not have the time for because you have your hands in other parts of your business. So for me, how I promote my services and something that I've really been you know, zoning in on to start 2019 is just trying to describe everything that I bring to the table, not just words. I mean, I'm talking about the relationship, the competitor analysis, uh, working with your designer if you have one about how the copy is going to flow and look, you know, trying to create that user experience too on the website mm-hmm. as well. You know, how I'm going to deliver the documents, how we're going to do you know, live review sessions to make sure that everything is still on brand um, and in the right brand tone. Uh, for the for your product or service yeah yeah I think that's one of the best things about working with experts too is aside from the actual work itself it's so great to have like that that expert insight and and even just insight in general because we can get so in our heads sometimes and I don't know I look at the same copy on a page of my website 30 times (laughs) and like it just all blurs into one thing to me and I don't care anymore so it's so good to have somebody Who, um, yeah. who can look at things objectively and give, you know, some real good advice. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a great point. Is that I look at it with a pair of fresh eyes. I'm not as necessarily quote unquote invested yeah. at, the, at at that point. So I can look at it and be like, well, this isn't. You're saying kind of the wrong thing here. What like how am I? How is this going to convince me to keep clicking or to buy your course or to buy your product? Mm-hmm. You know. So I just try to be as transparent and just really get to know them, ask the right questions where I can learn exactly what their product or service does and, of course, who it helps. And I've heard you on past podcasts talked about buyer persona, and that's huge You know, when I start with a client, especially from the copywriting standpoint. If you don't know who you're writing to, you're just going to have empty words there because you can't cast a wide net. Like your product or service is specific to you know only a specific group of people. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure you have to do a lot of research into into that, yeah. like into the, the audiences that they want to reach. Do you have for yourself, like as a copywriter, do you feel like you try to niche down and work with maybe one specific industry or do you more sort of are you, are you a little bit more broad and can kind of just do research to fit into anything? Yeah, no, great question. I think that's a big thing with any freelancers, no matter what you know field or skill set that you have, is really owning in on your niche. I don't mm-hmm. think it's a question of should you. It's just how you, you know, how you build around it. Like, who are you specifically going to be, you know, working with? Because that just helps set how you're going to sell your services as well, and how you're going to promote it, and really find that ideal client. Um, so for me, I typically work with entrepreneurs and small to mid-sized businesses in the wellness industry, uh, professional services, and e-commerce. Those are kind of my three. And I've been more focusing on creating website copy and and branding strategies with them. And a lot of times that can combine both of them too, because at first I create this, you know, two to three page document of a brand statement, a mission statement, and about us, you know, paragraph or two, some core values, an elevator pitch, a buyer persona, and then we can get into the website copy, of course, the homepage, the about page, features, benefits. That's kind of how I'm promoting my services now, really for me to find that ideal client. I think that takes time when you start in freelancing, because when I started out, 
maybe I'm sure you've talked to a lot of people who have the same stories. Yeah, I kind of just took what I can to kind of build a portfolio. And at the time, even if I had a bad experience, I just tried to take away what did I learn from this and how, why, mm-hmm. you know, should I stay away from this client again? Who are the type of clients that I really want to write for and work with? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's great advice. I mean, you do kind of have to try things out in the beginning, you know, it's all, yeah, freelancing is all a test. <laughs> like I feel like in the yeah. beginning, you're just kind of figuring things out and figuring out what sticks and what you're really good at oh, and man. what you're really passionate yeah. about. Yeah, absolutely. When I first started at that agency, it was kind of new to me writing, writing these words, writing headlines for these direct mail pieces that go out to, you know, these large retailers, customers and, and everything. And I actually then started looking on Elance at the time uh, because I've done, I outsourced a project there before and just thought, you know, I have some flexibility, you know, I commute on the train, I can work from there and just started looking for side projects. And actually the first project that I, that I got that somebody paid me for was like ghostwriting this children's story. So this was like five years ago, you know, so it just kind of opened my eyes for me. It was just like, okay, I'll take, I'll take this, you know, money. And I, I worked with the client and it seemed like she was a super nice lady and she's like, yeah, I'll give this a shot. It kind of opened the doors to me just to continue. I mean, I built built that base on Elance and just continue to get some jobs. Yeah, cool. So so yeah, let's talk a little bit about the side hustle. So yeah, where absolutely. where did that idea come from? Was it just kind of random or did you how did you decide to start a side hustle? Yeah, I I feel I just had this creative juices flowing and wanted to continue to write other things. Yeah. You know, I really liked my work that I was doing at the agency, but just thought, you know, why not see what else I could do, see who else I can help. Again, I had that flexibility. So I just continued to build it and look for projects and reached, you know, promoted different things on social media. So friends and family kind of got to know a little bit about what I do. And they reach out to me saying, oh, I need some copywriting help. And then just continue to build it and build it. And and then again, I was able to, you know, go on from working at my agency to working full-time yeah. for myself. Yeah, that's awesome. And, you and I feel like sometimes that's the ultimate goal Yeah, is for some people yeah. to uh, go from the side hustle to a full-time thing. For sure, yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's it's um, something that a lot of people want, but I'm also finding a lot of people who like really like to do both, and I think that there's no right or wrong way to freelance. Like, I think yeah, I agree. It's, it's so cool because freelancing, I think, can help you in your – like corporate career too so much and vice versa I, I always recommend to like start start with a side hustle like if you can yeah, and absolutely. if you if you aren't going crazy at your job you know and you can can do both for a little bit I think it's a really good step absolutely and and I think that's a big thing now is this hustle culture too out there and I mean, it is feasible. You can do it on weekends. That's what I did. Like I said, I had the flexibility taking the train. So weeknights and weekends was a lot when I did this other work. And, uh, you know, I had a passion for it and it can be done. Yeah. I mean, I don't have, you know, kids that, you know, some other responsibilities that would prevent me from it. But I think there's still a way around it if you truly want to do it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You mentioned Elance too, which that's how I got my first freelance job as well, which by the way, I I don't even think that exists anymore. I think it didn't. It's now Upwork. Upwork. Yeah. Yeah. So they, them and Odesk combined. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm what so... Was, what was your first job on there? It was actually a writer, too. Um, I was okay. a blog writer for... It was an education blog. Um, and I wrote for them for, like, I think over a year, actually. It was my junior year of college, I want to say. And, okay. yeah, it was just kind of 
like I, I was working retail at the time I was in college, so I just needed more money. I was a college student and uh, I was like, right. Hey, I could do this. And so, yeah, I wrote blogs for this education blog and that's really how my freelancing career started. Um, so do you, do you still use websites like that or what has your experience been on websites like that? Because this is a question I get all the time oh, on this podcast. Good, bad, ugly. Topic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I hear it all. And I see it on Twitter a lot when I see people talk about Upwork or freelancer. Mostly Upwork gets a lot of the bad rap. And to be honest, Latasha, I still use Upwork today and I still get a lot of good clients from it. And a lot of my retainers um, and big paying projects have actually been from developing relationships on there. So there is a path. Now, I understand how it's very competitive. So you're going to see jobs and you're going to find clients who want cheap work. There's just no way around it. So then it's easy to kind of get, you know, just annoyed with it and be like, I'm going to try something else, which I get. It's great. Go do that. But I mean, if you're starting out, this is just a great way to build a build a profile, build a portfolio, have a website for sure that people can look at to see that you've actually done some things and find jobs and weed them out. You can you, know, you can modify the filters where you're looking for people who want experts and that they're they're charged that they're looking to pay between this amount of money, and you can eventually find those people. It's just there's a lot of red flags that you can easily look out for. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get messages and clients are just like, "Oh, can you do this for three hundred dollars?" I'm like, "No, I can do that <laughs> for a couple thousand, maybe." Right. But it's just they're and I'm sure you know it, Latasha. If you're going to pay for cheap work, you're going to get cheap work. Oh, you're yeah. going to get what you pay for. Yeah. I mean, my red flags on websites like that are always when they want to immediately take things off the platform, too. Like, hey, can we Skype? And I'm like, but we can just chat on here. Oh, yeah. Um, That's a huge red flag immediately. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Every bad project I've got like from that, like, can we Skype? Uh-huh. It's just like, can you, give me, can you give me 200 product descriptions for $40? Yeah. It's like, no, I can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> And I think that's like against the rules anyway. I don't think you're supposed yeah. to be like paying off the platform and all that. So yeah, I've had yeah, some adventures for sure, but <laughs> but I agree with you. I think I think it's all about what you do with those relationships too. I mean, just like anything, because, mm-hmm. you know, like I was saying, my first job was this blog writing job, which was, I was not getting paid very much at all for it. You would laugh, yeah. um, but you got to start somewhere. And, exactly. and it ended up that the person, like the editor of that blog, she ended up starting her own social media agency. Um, so I guess maybe I technically have worked at an agency, but virtually. And so I okay. became like the social media copywriter. She, she knew me from the blog and hired me. So that's really how I started with social media. So yeah, yeah I mean, it's all about like building those relationships, I think. And yeah, I mean, I, I think they yeah, can be ab- great jumping off points for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, my first couple of jobs on there were very low paying. And it just, but again, if you're starting out for freelancers and yeah, anybody listening to this is just who's starting out, I mean, that's important to do in a way because you're going to learn about how long it takes you to do certain projects, what you're good at, what you enjoy doing. And then eventually down the road, you can start promoting those services that you like and charging the right amount because you know the effort and the time that you're going to put into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we talked a little bit, we've mentioned pricing and sticker shock a little bit. Um, yeah. How how do you go about pricing your services? I mean, I know that's such a broad question. It's such a hard one even for me to answer. <laughs> but I mean, is that, yeah. where did you start? Like when you started researching 
you know, what to charge as a copywriter. Um, how did you yeah, kind of end up landing on what you ended up with? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it, in the well, in the beginning, it took a little bit of you know Google research about mm-hmm. what kind of made sense. So honestly, it was like twenty dollars an hour would seem like a beginner rate mm-hmm. for people on Upwork and kind of got me in the door for some people. And then as I continue to grow relationships off of that, you know, by finding people from LinkedIn or you know friends reaching out to me or other business professionals, I just built in about how long it's going to for me to take. You know, charge a hourly rate, have a firm rate, but a lot of times I prefer flat rate projects because it's just easy to know what all I'm going to put into it. Uh, and then just know right away, this is what you can expect and this is what I'm going to charge for it. Uh, so it just was building up and you know, getting experience about, okay, I can, I can start charging this more. And honestly, look up your competitors. Look up their websites because a lot of them have their fees on their, on their websites and what they charge for what they do. And I would find copywriters who offer similar work that I do, similar services, and have the, almost the same portfolio. And honestly, would base it off of that too. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good advice. Another thing that I always tell my coaching clients to do is um, like look at salaries too, which I know yeah. is completely different because with a freelancer, you're not getting benefits. You're not getting vacation time, all of that. So I no. say up yeah. that a little bit, but that'll at least give you like a baseline, I think, for what people um, what people are making in your industry. Um, yeah, so like absolutely. I love Glassdoor and LinkedIn. Um, LinkedIn has a salary yeah, feature true. now too, which is cool. Yeah, those are two great resources. That's a great point. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think I one thing that I love about you too is that you are very community-driven, I find. Like you are yeah. very active on social and you're always in the like Twitter chats and all of that. And I think like yeah. that probably <laughs> helps too with pricing and transparency, um, communicating with other freelancers as well, I guess. Absolutely. You just get to meet other people who are offering and they're doing the same, you know, hustle and grind, if you will, that you're doing. And then you can, you just kind of can make connections off of Twitter too. You know, Mm -hmm. I follow them, but you know, you direct message them and have these conversations. And there's a lot of times where I've asked, you know, how, what software did you use for this? Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, how did you do that? And it's been great. And yeah, like you said, I think there's just the freelance community. It's so, it's so powerful. And there's so many people out there that they're just so helpful for one another. Yeah, you yeah, know, it is. It's it's such a great place to get information, but I think it's a yeah. two way street too. And like, I feel like you're always giving information too. I try to, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I see. Yeah, it's. I think it's important. It also is just it's good marketing as well because I've had other people on LinkedIn see some of those posts that I'm talking about. You know, it could have just been about freelance. Like, hey, freelancer, hey, freelancer friends, have you ever had this happen? I create a video, but then a business owner would see it and be like, oh, this guy's a copywriter. Let me message him and reach out to him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then maybe we have like a 20 minute consultation about what they need help with and it could turn into a client for me. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's important to be active on social media and just make sure that you're trying to bring some value in some form of way, whether it's information, entertainment value too. Yeah. Uh, but I do think it's important. Do you ever worry about those worlds kind of crossing paths? I get that question a lot and I'm just yeah. asked, I'm I just asked because yeah people ask me this all the time and it, it is a little weird sometimes when I think about it like do I want my clients watching my videos but I think to your point it it shows like we're our own best guinea pigs if you will and mm-hmm. we're showing that we know our stuff by doing 
but by being our own guinea pigs um yeah but i just wonder if that was ever like something that crossed your mind sometimes because sometimes i get content ideas where it's just like should i talk about how i had a bad experience Mm. with the client and what i learned from it per se you know try to turn it around Mm -hmm. but I don't want like maybe a client will think is he is he is he talking about me you know <laughs> like have we ever had this yeah um, but honestly like I just try to be myself on there yeah. and just add some value and I think that's important too because they're gonna really appreciate that when you're putting in the effort and they're getting to know me a little bit more and you know we all know that people like to work with who they know uh, so the more active that you are. I think that just people are going to appreciate that, you know, and, and sometimes like people ask me like, how did you do this video or what did you use for that? And it's just other, you know, just sending out some other tips to business owners too. And they, it might be, could you help me out with this? Um, I have some social media. And then next thing I know, I'm talking to you, Latasha and be mm-hmm. like, well, I do know somebody who could help you out right. with the social media strategy. Yeah. Uh, so that's another part of the community is finding other creatives where you can give work to one another as well oh, yeah. and then work together on projects. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that. Um, yeah, that's a good a good a good thought. And I think even more yeah. than pe- people work with people that they know, I think people work with people that they like. And you know, yes. it's yes. It's just true. I mean, there's a bajillion social media managers out there nowadays. Um, mm-hmm. but I find that people work with me because I'm honest, because I'm, I deliver good customer service, you know, like, um, yeah, it's more than just the product that you're delivering or the service that you're delivering. So 100%. do you, do you get a lot of long-term clients or repeat clients or do you kind of, um, have different projects every single month that you work on? Yeah. Great. Pro- great question. It's, it's a combination of both. I have two clients right now where, we have a monthly retainer where I help them with uh, with brand uh, with website copy and but also with blog content, kind of updating some of their social media posts as well. But a lot of it is what I'm trying to do is create these services that are going to help me get clients who need help with their website copy. And sometimes those projects take a couple weeks for me, and so I can charge a little more for that. Um, but again, if I get a couple of those projects a month, they could. Yeah, I could hit all my financial goals and I'll, I'll be okay, if you will, you know? So it is a combination of both. And again, sometimes I go on Upwork, but, you know, I've been able to build a strong following there where sometimes I get messages from people who want me to apply to their projects. So if I think it's a good fit and, it, and if I have the time for it, you know, I'll shoot them a message and see uh, if it is a good fit for us to go to moving forward. Yeah, cool. Cool. Yeah, that's one of the things that I love about freelancing, honestly, is I love doing different things all the time you know it's it's fun it is i mean it's nice to have that security of having retainers but it's also nice to be able to oh i'll take this one random project because it sounds fun so yeah absolutely it's like there's an organic food company is reaching out to be Uh about starting a website and doing an email campaign like oh this is great yeah yeah i'll get to do some fun research and they seem like they have a great you know mission statement and a passion for what they do that's a good fit and I think for freelancers, it's important to align, to have an ideal client, have mm-hmm. similar values, because you want that relationship to be strong. And if you're creating something that is going to have a lot of impact on others, a positive impact, mm-hmm. uh, it's very rewarding, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Maybe I'll get some good snacks out of it, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Sometimes I work with like men's lifestyle products. Yeah, and nice. They've, they've sent me a couple things and yeah, yeah it's fantastic. Yeah, for sure. I can definitely be bribed with food. So um, <laughs> anyone listening out there, 
add some food I know, I need to the to budget. Find, like, pe- I need to find like pizza startups. When yeah. the pizza drones start happening, that's what I need to write for. Right. I need seriously. those delivered all the time. Yeah. <laughs> So, okay, so let's dive a little bit more into your transition to full-time. So we talked about how you start your, okay. started your side hustle. Yeah. Where, you know, did you already know, like when you started your side hustle, did you know, I want to work for myself? Or was it kind of like a gradual thought that developed in your mind? Yeah, definitely a gradual thought. Mm-hmm. Because to go back a little bit, when I first started, it was to make some extra money. I mean, who, you know, it's we all like having money, right? So to get to keep up with our lifestyle. So I was able to make some extra money. And then I kind of just consumed a lot of content online about how I can continue to grow this and potentially, you know, work for myself, be an entrepreneur and do this freelance life where I can, I can be my own boss and have this flexibility, you know, set different work hours, don't have to dread Mondays or not working for the weekend, you know, definitely wasn't thought right away, but then it slowly grew into where I can do this. And then when I was able to, which is, I think a big milestone is if you feel that you can match the salary that you had before and continue to, you know, pay your bills and still maintain your lifestyle, then go for it. And so I kind of, I was at that point and, and did it and still learning a lot for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, It can be really scary to, and it can be kind of (laughs) surprising, I think, sometimes. I mean, like I said, I was writing blog posts for like $20 a blog or something, and (laughs) so I never saw that being a long-term thing or like a, you know, my career, but I think once you, once you, you know, start learning more, learning more and um, upskilling yourself, it can be like, oh my gosh, wait, this is actually a possibility. No, it definitely, it definitely is because you kind of see a lot of the benefits right away. But then let's say if you feel comfortable and you jump into it, then it's just like, okay, what if I have a bad month or two straight bad months? It's like, what am I going to do then? Am I going to have to, you know, drive for Uber or Lyft to make some extra money too? But I think if you just you just have a plan and have spend time on uh, marketing yourself that people keep finding you. And if you need to cold call, yeah, perhaps do that too. There are ways for you to get your services out there and show that you can help other people. You just got to put in the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So did you develop like, uh, like, did you give yourself a quit date? I've heard a lot of people doing that saying, you know, by January 1st, I'm going to be working totally <laughs> for myself or. Oh man. Yeah. Let's actually, I felt like I gave me so many of those dates. <laughs> it's just, it was just kind of like procrastination of like, ah, I I'll think I'm going to do it now mm-hmm. or like in a couple months, I think I'm ready. And then it's just like, I just continued to be busy with projects that I would get in. And of course, uh, you know, my full-time job and everything else where it just, it never seemed like the great, like the right time. Mm-hmm. But I think I kept finding out that, you know, it, it's never the right time. Honestly, it's just, you just have to, you just have to go for it. And I spent more time, you know, you know, worked on weekends and said, all right, I'm gonna spend an hour kind of developing a business plan and how I'm going to do this. And then ultimately I was able to, and you know, there's a lot of great resources too out there. I've been reading the, this, the ultimate freelancers guidebook, okay. uh, the, the authors, you want black. And I can send you that link. Yeah, uh, that'd be great. I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, there's tons of great information there. Uh, But just read another book was uh, this one, Entrepreneurial You from Dory Clark. And it was fascinating. It's just about monetizing your business. So take your skill set, build a website, and then you can do speeches. You can do courses. And you can make all these ways to monetize your business where you're making. I mean, she starts saying, like, has these success stories of people, you know, making you know, six, seven figures Mm -hmm. a month. It's just crazy. Yeah. So 
there's a there's an outlet. Yeah, there's a really cool podcast that I discovered recently. Um, I think it's called My Freelance Life. Um, okay, I think I have heard of that one. Yeah, I haven't. I don't think I've listened to an episode yet, but I'll put that. Uh, yeah, put that I, down. I think that's what it's called. I'll I'll be sure to put the the link in the show notes too because I can't remember if that's actually what it's called, but I think that's what it's called, and it's cool. I think you'd like it because it basically follows this guy who quit his full time job. And so mm-hmm. it's like a year. They check in every single week, and he kind of goes over the highs and lows of being full-time freelance for the first time. It's yeah. pretty interesting. Yeah, I love that. I think that's a great idea. And sometimes it's content ideas that I have is that yeah. behind the scenes and yeah. you know, celebrating the wins and losses too. Because it's not all glamorous. We know no. that. You know, you can't really <laughs> fake that. So yeah. I think it's important to talk about when things go wrong and then looking at it as a learning lesson. Mm -hmm, For sure. So what do you recommend for those people who maybe are considering, um, you know, going into full-time freelance? What are some things that you recommend setting up for yourself or for your business before taking that leap? Yeah, I touched on it a little bit. Uh, Definitely have a website Mm -hmm. for sure. So people can go and look at get to know you a little bit more talk about your services there um, as well and start come up with a business plan and write out who your ideal client is Mm -hmm. what days you're going to spend on marketing yourself or like how many hours of the day are you going to do that and how much money you need definitely have a financial plan Mm -hmm. yeah highly recommend that (laughs) to know you know what how much do I need to make who I can pay all my bills and still maintain to go out um, on the weekends and you know, a date night with my significant other during the week. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, you know, I think those are, those are definitely some important things. And I always too recommend a social media strategy. Mm-hmm. If there's a way where like once a week where you just pop in and do a video or be active on Twitter chats, there's a ton of great ones for freelancers and just creative professionals in general to meet other people. And of course, and then you can get some content ideas because there's topics every week for that, those things. And, and it's just a way to market yourself and get your name out there. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. It can be so noisy online. So you have to be like consistent and active. Otherwise, you're, you're going to yeah. get lost. I mean, I feel like you really do have to. I don't want to say that you have to, you know, be the loudest voice in the room because I don't think that's no. true at all. But yeah. just developing some consistency is is key, I think. Yeah, consistency is the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. You know, if if even if you do like a thing like every Tuesday you're going to create a certain type of themed video, you know, your your people, your audience out there will know that hey, it's Tuesday and you know Terry's doing another one of these. This is great. They can expect that. Uh, so I think that's great. But also too to go back uh, quickly, Tajo, if any starting freelancers know exactly what services that you're going to promote, think about what you do that can actually help people and that people will pay you for. I think if you own in on that as well, you know, if you're just a copywriter, say, okay, what type of copy are you going to write? Who do you want to work with? Um, But again, then you can find some jobs and you continue to build that portfolio and that niche. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good one. That's Yeah. Your website. I love your website. I was kind of browsing through it this past week. Yeah. It's, it's really good. And I get a lot of questions too about like portfolios and kind of having that 
proof, um, testimonials and all that. And I feel like your website, I mean, this is what you do is copywriting. So it makes sense that it's good. Um, (laughs) But I think you do a really good job of really illustrating your skill and um, showcasing some of your work and all that. So do you have any advice for people who are looking to do the same? Like, is there a process that you have for getting testimonials or anything like that? No, great question again. And it's funny because I feel like my own website, I could spend a week on as trying to write like the homepage, but for a client, I could do it, you know, in one day necessarily. <laughs> so it's just, you know, you're, you're, own, you're your own worst critic for sure. Uh, but for me, yeah, my, for me, my portfolio was the big thing. And I, I get a lot of uh, compliments from that, just displaying my work. I honestly see a few other copywriters and other professionals who it almost seems like they hide a little bit of their work or they don't put it. They're just kind of promoting their services Mm -hmm. and they have testimonials, which is great. Um, But for me, I've just found it to be effective and successful to have this work right out there because a lot of clients will reach out to me or prospects and just be like, I love your portfolio. I love your, I love the variety of work that you have and how it's displayed. Um, So for me, I think it's important. Um, I used a template on Squarespace to really showcase that for me. Um, so I mean, Squarespace is a great tool. So go on there and try to find a template that can really, you know, show off your talents. Um, and then as far as testimonials, I honestly, you just can't really be shy about it. Just talk to your clients. If you had a good relationship and they were happy, just be like, Hey, uh, can you, if you don't mind, could you write a brief testimonial? And then say I have permission to put it on my website and, you know, put it on LinkedIn, uh, you know, and, cause I mean, they do recommendations on there. And yeah, then I was able to uh, get there. I, I guess the best advice there is just simply to ask what's the worst that could happen. They say no. I mean, sometimes there's an NDA where they might not necessarily allow you to talk about it, but a lot of times clients are more than happy to do that for you. Yeah, yeah. I. It's so funny. We do. We are our own worst critics, and yeah. I feel like we. Like I know I do this. I. I don't know why, but I hide a lot of my work too, and it's not intentional. I. I don't know why we do that because when I went to your website, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is great. This is what everyone needs. You know, it, it, it shows the proof is in the pudding, you know? Um, so it's funny. I think sometimes we do get so focused on just, okay, we got to get clients. We got to figure out our services, but we, we don't take a step back to like, look at things as if we were the client too. Like, what would you want? I mean, when I go to a website, I want examples. I want to see what I'm going to get before I pay for it. Right. Absolutely. And I mean, if you have any case studies or, you know, statistics, if you've helped somebody, you know, for you, if they've gotten, if they were able to sell, you know, so many or like open conversion rates doing the social media post, I mean, that stuff's effective as well. Uh, but for me, I kind of just show the variety, like the imagery right away, just to, like you said, to build social proof and that I have this skill set that I, you know, have worked with a variety of clients. Yeah. Yeah, and the testimonials thing is so funny, too, because I always, like, freak myself out about asking. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm asking too soon. I'm asking, you know, and then <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think I've ever gotten a no. I've gotten people who forget about it, and they'll be like, oh, I'll do it, and then they never do, which happens. Yeah. People are busy. But for the most part, everyone's like, oh, my gosh, yeah. You know, they're just so excited. And oh, yeah. I think if you're really proud of the work that you're doing, you know when it's right. You know, you know when the moment is right. You know if you should be asking for it or not. Absolutely. So, and I still get it. It still feels awkward to me even writing that email or writing that message to them. It's just like because you start playing, what if they say no? Or like what if they're like, no, uh, they'll just say they'll pass. It's like, okay, it was 
did I think the relationship went well, but they didn't, you know? So, but again, I feel like 95% of the time you're going to get a yes and you're going to get a glowing response from clients. Yeah. Yeah. So is there anything that you wish you would have done differently during your first almost year as a full-time freelancer? Yeah, I, I think for me, I wanted to, I should have set more milestone goals to complete certain projects, whether it was for my own personal business standpoint of marketing, like setting up a newsletter or creating like a lead magnet with like mm. a downloadable PDF. Those are things that I'm working on now, but things that I feel like I should have structured it differently Yeah. instead of, because when I came out the gate, I just wanted clients. You know, right. I had this, I had these numbers in my head of what I needed and just tried a lot to, to, to go after that. And I didn't spend enough time kind of how I'm really going to promote my services online mm-hmm. and all that I offer. Um, so those are some things that I wish I would have had a more, you know, concrete idea with starting out. Yeah. And that's why I preached about it earlier because I've learned the hard way that, you know, it would have, I feel like I could have been way more successful my first, I'm not fully into my first year, but my first couple months doing it. it. That's a hard one. You know, it is hard because you need to just make money and sustain yourself when you're first exactly. starting. Like I want you to yeah. survive first. <laughs> yes. And sometimes, you know, like doing things like lead magnets or like creating content, like it, I, a lot of people can see the value in it. And, and I mean, you know, I, do this as well like I can see the value in it long term but it's not immediate like you know posting a YouTube video it gets me clients in the long run but they don't come the day that I post a YouTube video you know right um right. generally speaking and so it, it it's it's hard you got to have that balance because you don't want to waste your time or not waste your time but spend so much time like creating all this content while you're not generating revenue but I still exactly. think it is important to and I think what you said is a great a great idea. Just allocate, okay, every Tuesday I'm going to do a video for Twitter or whatever it is, you know, yeah. just putting it on your calendar. If that's what works for me, I ha- if it's not on my calendar, I don't do it. Right. <laughs> and, and just committing to something, you know. Exactly. Try to have some type of structure. I know there's a lot of tools out there. And I know a lot of people who use like Asana to balance out and talk about the different projects that they have. Mm-hmm. But I'm like you, I put a lot of it on my calendar and I have a journal that I write out every day and what I'm gonna I map out my week mm-hmm. and how it's gonna look. So that just helps me now to be more structured. And I'm implementing a thing, like like you said, like every Tuesday, I'm gonna spend the majority of the workday creating content yeah. and batching content. So it's just easier to put it out there and then I can dedicate the time the other days uh, for the clients who uh, you know are actually paying the bills. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, batching content is a must. I wouldn't get anything done if I didn't. Yeah, that's like the best advice for social media content that I've gotten and that I feel like that you and I can give to people listening if mm-hmm. they don't do that now. Because again, you'll just you'll end up spending like one day on, in the middle of your work week, mm-hmm. what like maybe two, three hours just trying to think of an idea or editing a video. When if you, you have a dedicated time and get this structure going, yep. it's just easier to knock that stuff out and continue it, have it still be you know quality content. Yep. Yeah. So you've made it through. Um, <laughs> you've made <laughs> it through this interview. No, oh, and, yes. and, and some time as a freelancer. Um, yeah. Which is awesome. But I got to ask, what's next for you? What do you have any like goals or milestones that you're setting your sights on or any new projects mm. or services that you want to offer? 
Yeah, absolutely. I'm always still trying to think of other ways that I can grow my business and monetize it. I'm a big believer in that, that it's that if you feel that you have value to others, you can sell courses and you can help people. I know I know you do that too with your social media strategies, which is great. And that's a big goal of mine for 2019 and moving forward is to build more of my email list because I think that's such a huge asset that you can have. And, you know, it's not something where I'm just going to flood people with sign up for my course, sign up for my course. I want it to be kind of a look inside of what my necessarily what my week was, but then also go back to, hey, I just created this. It may help you. It's a free download. Just continue to do that. Almost take that Gary Vee approach where he taught, you know, the jab, jab, right hook. And then when I feel like I get the email list and I have this community and people, I've built this trust, then I can start selling these courses. I may do some free webinars as well to promote them. Uh, those are some things that I would like to do. Ultimately, because I feel like I can offer value for some people, for other freelancers, but other business owners too, who might not want to spend the money on a copywriter, but at the same time, they can learn how to write better copy yep. for their website, for a sales page. Yeah. Uh, so that's definitely in the works. Um, and definitely be looking out for that. For me, I'm going to creating a lead magnet as we speak, finishing that up, nice. and going to continue to build some more things like that. Awesome. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah, you're. I feel like you're a very good, or you would be a very good teacher. So. No, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I'm here for. Yeah, it'll it. be a yeah, it'll be a learning curve for sure. But I think <laughs> I'll have some fun with it. I mean, I do a lot of videos too to be comfortable. I think that comes from my broadcast journalism side in college, being yeah. in front of the camera. And I was a shy kid growing up, but I kind of got over that a little bit, uh, being on camera. So definitely some more videos too. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I was uh, super shy as a kid too. I still kind of am, but it's weird. Like I can be on video, but if I'm talking one-on-one with somebody, I feel yeah. so anxious. It's weird. But yeah. Hey. But I, I, I've seen a lot of your YouTube channel. Is, it's great because it's an inside look behind the scenes. So even if you you think you're coming off shy or you know quirky it's i think it's just it's great it's genuine yeah which i think is huge yeah cool well now you you really have made it through the interview <laughs> awesome <laughs> those are the, those awesome. are all of the questions very harmless that I have. <laughs> it's so much fun too latasha cool. thank you so much yeah before we go though um can you let everyone know where they can catch you online and where they can reach out to you if they're interested in your services yeah, absolutely. On uh, Instagram, uh, it's Terry underscore Schilling. So it's T-E-R-R-Y and then S-C-H-I-L-L-I-N-G. My website is Terry Schilling Writes, spelled the same, and Writes is W-R-I-T-E-S. So you can check out that, check out that portfolio that we were talking about and a little bit more about my services. And then LinkedIn, I'm really active on there now, which I think is a great resource for creative professionals and freelancers. Um, and there I'm under Terry Schilling. You can find me under freelance website and branding copywriter too. Awesome. Um, yeah, anybody listening have any questions? Yeah, of course, uh, you know, send them my way. And on Twitter, it's tschill86. Still have my original one, the typical, <laughs> you know, abbreviation with the, with the year you were born. Hey, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, cool. I'm, I'm active on there. So don't be shy to say hi to me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining. Um, this was really good. Great. So. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah. Hopefully the listeners too. Uh, oh, I'm I sure. Ramble, I, didn't, I didn't ramble too much. No, you didn't. And people love the <laughs> rambles too. So it's fine. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> thank awesome. you so much. Yeah, Latasha. Thank you. And that's it for this episode of the Freelance Friday podcast. I hope you enjoyed. If you did, make sure to let me know. 
rating this podcast is a huge help. And you can also tweet me at a journey east with comments, questions, or suggestions for future episodes. Lastly, make sure to join my private Facebook group, Money Making Micro Influencer, if you're interested in elevating your influence and taking charge of your personal brand. There are so many like-minded, bright individuals in there, and it's a place I love to offer up free advice and a little bit of extra fun into. You can find it by searching Facebook for Money Making Micro Influencer. It'll also be linked in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time. 